Hi, welcome to another episode of Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. I am your host, Kim, and I'm so excited that you have decided to tune in and listen. If this is your very first episode, welcome. If you are part of the community here, welcome back. I really appreciate each and every one of you. If you have not been tuning in and you have been missing out, we are currently in the midst of the Single Dad series. And I know it was Single Dad September, but today I actually have a bonus episode and I'm so excited about sharing this with you guys. So I just want to do a little recap just to catch you up on the dads that we have talked to. So first we started off with Tyrese who talked about his 50-50 co-parenting relationship. We then talk with Willie who is co-parenting in college. Then we talked to Jeremy who is a military dad and talked about how distance affected the relationship with him and his child's mom. And then lastly, we talk with Maurice who is a divorced single dad of multiples, which was a very interesting because he could relate to a lot of the things that we go through. And the episode that we recorded, he was actually um, co-parenting with joint custody, but now he has full custody of his kids. So that is very interesting to hear all of these guys share their feedback and just tell us about their journey. So definitely go catch those episodes if you have been missing out. If you have been listening and you have been learning some things and finding these episodes helpful, please take a moment to leave a review, especially if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on SoundCloud, you can simply leave a comment or just shoot me a DM. I love it when you guys uh, share your feedback so that I know that these episodes are really beneficial. Also, I will put the link for the podcast survey in the show notes so that you guys can share your feedback with me there. You're probably wondering who am I talking to today? So in this bonus episode, I get to talk to Brawley, who has created a whole single dad movement. The movement is called Single Fathers United, and he has started to build a community to support, unite, and help single fathers. So it was really interesting to hear him talk about his journey and why he decided to start Single Dads United. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. Hi, Brawley. Welcome to Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. I am so excited to have you on today. How are you? Hello, what's up? I'm great. I'm great. I appreciate you having me here. Awesome. Thank you again. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure thing. So, everybody, my name is Brawley. I'm anonymously known as Brawley. You know, no last names necessary when you have a name as unique as that. Uh, But I do run two charity organizations, uh, one called Above 500, where we go to schools. uh, We bring athletes and other uh, entertainers to kind of talk to the kids and encourage them to, to follow their dreams. You know, they tell them their story about perseverance and we basically just 
kind of encourage them to to believe in themselves. Um, another organization that I do run, uh, which is the reason why me and you are having this conversation, is a, a new organization called Single Fathers United. And that's uh, an organization that I created to help establish uh, the, the fatherhood back into the broken homes. You know, a lot of times fathers, they want to be part of their life, but the system may not allow them to, or they just don't have the, the either the finances or the right uh, steps. They don't know what steps to take uh, to really be involved in, you know, hard situations. Yes, so awesome. That's what we're about. Yes. Awesome. So, Brawley, what actually inspired you to start this whole movement um, with single fathers? Well, it was really my own personal experience. Um, just all the loopholes that I had to go through, I had to do a lot just to, to be involved, uh, you know, in my son's life. And I just felt like it was unfair that I had to go through all this, you know, when, you know, I consider myself a, a good guy that, you know, I don't have any records or anything. It's just it, it, the laws were created for, for marriages, like, and I understand it was created to encourage marriage, you know, but we we are in a different time where, you know, not everybody's married, unfortunately. And it doesn't mean that we should have to go through all this, all these loops just to be a father. We shouldn't have to pay all these uh, fees to have a, a natural right that we should have, you know, as a father. This should be in, in our child's life. So that's really what I'm fighting for, father's rights. And at the same time, I want to help other, um, you know, parents in general. Uh, with this advice on raising a child in, in this, you know, interesting world we live in. Yeah, that's so cool. So walk us down this whole journey, you know, with your child. Now, do you have a son or a daughter? I have a son, a four-year-old boy. Okay, so he's four. And um, how long have you guys been separated, like you and his mom? Are we, were you guys ever together? Kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, we were like back and forth for quite some time, you know, and mostly to try to make it work for the child, you know, but I realized that, you know, if it doesn't work, then it it doesn't work. A lot of times we make that mistake and try to to force something that's not really there for Mm -hmm. the sake of the child, you know, and um, and it ends up being worse in the long run because then at the end, it's still like the, the same result and whatnot. But it was just basically my experience um, with that, you know, um, in the beginning, when you break up, the this just happens naturally. I feel like from the stories that I hear other men tell me um, and the stuff that I've seen with family members and, and close friends and whatnot, and I feel like women do this without even knowing, like, it's just a natural thing. One is that they, because they gave birth to this human, they think that this human is their possession and it's theirs and they're like they treat it like a, a possession when in reality they don't belong to us obviously when they get older they have their own life they go on to do their own thing we're here to just you know raise them teach them as much as we can about this world and make sure that they become the best human you know possible um, but in in the beginning women when they give birth you carry this this you know this thing for that for that long i can't understand you feel an attachment like it's yours but you know, it's really not. So, so what happens is that you have a nasty breakup or just things don't go how you expected. Now the woman that already has this idea that this is her possession feels like 
we use it pretty much uses the child like a possession, like a, a method to either get back or just because they're so in defense mode because they, maybe they were hurt or maybe, you know, whatever the case is, they, they, they might have like a defense mode where they're super defensive over the child. And now all of a sudden you don't trust the, the dad with the child. Well, you trusted him when you were having unprotected sex, but now all of a sudden you don't trust them around your child and stuff like that. You know, so they give, they make things difficult for the father to, to be involved, you know, and, um, and those are situations that I really like, that one that that bothers me. So I really I always want to help fathers that go through a situation where they're giving them a hard time. They only want them to be a dad on their conditions, and you know, and they have this attitude, you know, where it's like, oh, if, if you don't give me this money at this day or do this by this time, then you don't get this and that. Like they really just feel like they're they have all this power and stuff like that. And a lot of men, you know, they go through it for a long time, but sometimes men just end up giving up. They don't want to go through that through the hard times, and and that does, and that's kind of like what the mother kind of wants subconsciously is like to for them to give up. I mean, I don't know why they end up complaining about how the baby daddy ain't nothing on online afterwards, but it's just a, a mentality that that needs to be broken, and and I think that um, it starts with with our foundation um, creating awareness to to change certain laws to make it more easier for men to, to be involved. And, and so they don't have to go through all that. That's how I feel. Yeah, I know it's a different yeah. perspective from your, you know, cause it's, it's good to have these two different perspectives, you know, from the mother's sure. side and then the father's side, trying to just trying to be a dad. Like you don't want no trouble. You don't want to, you just want to be with his child. Right. I totally get, I totally get it. My thing is that I've seen this too, where, you know, the mom will try to use the child as, like you said, a possession. And honestly, Brawley, I don't really know what causes them to do that. Um, sometimes I think it's because, you know, they see that the relationship isn't working and they're not able to get their way. So maybe this is a way to get back at the child's father. I'm honestly, again, not sure what it is. But in uh, my case, I love my child's father. Um, and I never one time tried to use my daughter um, as like this position that you speak of. But um, what I did find myself doing was trying to, um, I don't know, continue to talk to him about being involved. So you have people like you that want to be involved and not saying that he just completely did not want to be involved, but we were like super young whenever um you know we had my daughter and he just didn't really understand the importance of physical presence so it was like okay we broke up and then later I moved and it wasn't until like years later to where it really hit him and you know he decided like okay like I really need to try and be a part of my child's life and so I don't know I again there's like two sides of dads right so there's like the ones that want to be involved and then there are the ones that may not want to be involved or either they may not want to be involved at that moment you know what I'm saying yeah true no definitely there's definitely some that just don't care and that to me has always been mind-boggling like how can you have a whole seed out there and not even care or know anything about it like I never understood that type of mindset, but, you know, I'm pretty sure that 
a lot of times maybe they didn't have a father so they don't think nothing of it you know yeah and see i was gonna like i was gonna get to that next and so my child's father he actually had both his mom and his dad and i mean we have really good conversations now but like it was super hard you know um in the beginning like whenever i decided i didn't want to be with him anymore simply because of you know different things that we were going through as it relates to our daughter but um yeah yeah both his mom and dad and I don't know like he doesn't even like know how to explain it because like sometimes I want to like understand so I'll ask him I'm like well do you remember whenever this happened and even you know in I guess one instance it was like he stopped calling my daughter because he was mad at me or something happened you know normally women do those types of things right so they'll do stuff like that to the child's father but he was actually doing it to my child and so or to our child sorry but yeah it was just crazy and I'm like do you know what caused you to do that or why you felt like you know (laughs) you should not call her because of things that we were going through and he was like he doesn't know like he was just young or whatever but I'm sure there was some sort of reason um but he doesn't really talk about it that much but now he's grown so much thank God but just like you know two three years ago like it was super hard you know, um, yeah. and it really bothered me because I didn't have my father growing up. So it's like for me to lay down and sleep with this guy and then him not want to really, you know, be a part of my daughter's life like I thought he was going to be. Um, it just really yeah. hit something to me, you know, and eventually I had to back off because I found myself like every chance I got to talk to him, I would try to talk about the importance of physical presence. But it was like until he actually decided for himself that he needed to be a part of his child's life then you know whatever I said was not really gonna you know make a difference so I just eventually just stopped trying to preach to him all the time about that and I just let it go I mean it was tough but I had to let it go and you know eventually he's coming around like I said you know it takes time I guess for some of these guys but um I'm sorry but did you move like away from where he was at Yes, I moved. So we were, so like, okay, let me, I'll tell this story. <laughs> I've probably told it like quite a few times on the podcast, but um, like I was in college whenever I got pregnant. It was like, what is it, my sophomore year, end of my sophomore year? Yeah. And so I was going into my junior year in college and um, we were both in a city where we didn't really have family. And so I had my daughter and eventually I moved in with him and we were together like um that year right and so the next year we're like we were having like issues and so I moved out thinking like okay well if I move out then you know maybe our relationship would get better so after moving out like it still didn't get any better we were still just arguing all the time we couldn't ever figure out how to communicate properly it was just like so many issues and so um I was like okay so finally I decided to break up with him and then um, a few months later, I was like, there's nothing else for me here in Mississippi. He doesn't act like he wants to be involved with this child. Like, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not prospering. And so what what else can I do? And so I decided to move. I talked to him about it. He didn't have anything to say. And so we moved here to Houston, and we're still here today, um, three years later. So, uh, yeah. See, but when you move away, that makes it harder for the father to be involved as well 
And I mean, I don't know how that conversation went, if he tried to stop you or not, whatever. No, the case like, is, but like I know. literally, he did not have much to say at all. So, you know, maybe if he would have had something to say about it, then maybe I would have decided to have stayed. But like, like I said, he wasn't really involved while we were there. So it's like, yeah. I didn't think like moving away would actually It'll make a difference. Yeah, matter. Yeah, but I, I say that because that happened to to me when we had um, broken up. Matter of fact, I'm just gonna say it, you know, because I said I'm open about about it. So I might just be open about it. So we was this was a few years ago where I kind of like hit a. Um, I think you know we have ups and downs, or whatever. I was between jobs at that point. So I had a job, but I had like little you know, crappy jobs that don't, you barely, like, get by with or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so, before that, all right, so prior to that, I had a, a really good job, and I was doing well on my own. I, you know, I, stayed, I lived on the beach, you know, I drove with the latest bands, and it was all, it was all good. Um, but then, I had switched, I went in between jobs or whatever, venturing off to do other things, and you know, there's, you have ups and downs or whatever. So there was a point where I was down for a little bit and things were getting, like, scary. Like, the rent's about to be due and, you know, we've never been late before. We don't know what what's going to happen. And just my personality, like, I don't worry about nothing. It's just my personality. There's no sense of worrying. It's not going to do anything. Plus, I come from the bottom. What's the worst that could happen? I've already been there. You know, mm-hmm. that's just my personality. Right. So, so but I always... I always keep that um, mentality because it works for me. At the end, I have faith that God always had my back and something always miraculously happens and saves me, which always happens, always does. So at this point, things was rough or whatever. And I guess the rent was coming up and she didn't know what to do or I don't know, she felt the pressure. So she just like one day I just woke up and she like got all her stuff packed and my son and she's like, oh, I'm even to my mom's house, whatever, yada, yada, yada. She was scared she was gonna get evicted or whatever, so she forged like my signature to take her name off the lease and stuff like that. So it was just be me or whatever. Anyways, so she had left and took them, and this was probably like when I was at my lowest point. You know, I felt like yo, I didn't have nothing. I couldn't. I didn't know how to, I was gonna pay the rent, which like always, a miracle happened. I ended up getting the money and paying rent, and never been late ever since since that and that was years ago and I've been in between jobs and stuff and I always still been straight like always been blessed or whatever but um but um during that time you know it was it was just like a low point or whatever she had left she took my son yada 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 and then like it was only like a few you know just the way I am maybe because I'm a cancer like I'll be sad like for a day or two and then I just get back on my feet and just figure things out and so um which is what happened and she ended up leaving to Orlando, which is about three hours away. You know, after three or four weeks, I got back on my feet. Things started moving um, well again. I started, you know, things started happening uh, within like a month or two. Like all the good stuff started happening right after she had left. Um, And and I was, she will only call me like when she wanted money or whatever, or she needed something. She always just, just hit me up for that or whatever. And I would drive to Orlando, and I made it my my business to drive to Orlando at least, I'm not even exaggerating, three or four times a month. That's like almost every weekend I went up there. 
I drove all the way up there to Orlando. We'll get hotels to have them for the weekend. So I'll buy a little, like I'll get a little Priceline $40, $50 hotels, you know, a night or whatever, just for the weekend so I can spend time with my son. And I did it like for, for a few months, for a while. And, and it was me driving up there, making the effort. And I'm thinking, man, like I'm doing a lot to, to really be there. Not just that, I'm giving her money for, for daycare and whatever. You know, and I'm still driving up there to be involved. And she was still having the nerve to text me things like, you're not really involved anyways, and I want to move to Georgia. And the, the moment she said that she wanted to move to Georgia, then that's when I took I took action. That was her mistake because I guess she didn't know the type of person that I was. Like, I figured stuff out really fast. I had went to court, and I did everything in my power to make sure that um that he doesn't leave. So I ended up going through like a whole like just a lot of different things that I had to do to to get um to get him back to bring him back here I ended up getting a, a an injunction to force her to bring her back if she didn't basically the the lady at the courthouse was like here give her this paper tell us she has to bring the son back to Broward County if not you have to show up with the police and you can take the baby and bring him back down oh so, my gosh yeah, it was like that. It was that serious because now I wanted custody. I wanted um, to be involved. You know, I wanted I wanted custody, and because the the child was born in Broward County, um, in Florida, technically the child belongs to Broward County. So if she wanted to move, she can only move within 50 miles of Broward County um, without my permission. But if she wants to move outside 50 miles of Broward County, then she needs my permission. To move out because the child belongs here basically and that's fair for me who's the father who's also half of the of the child you know to to be fair and and i didn't know that if it was a, if it was, if the court was involved earlier the times that i went to orlando to visit she should have either met me halfway or meet me halfway with the bills for the hotel or gas or whatever because all that is an inconvenience for me, you know, which which was a move that she did, moving there for her own selfish reasons. This is what I consulted me and this and that. It wasn't for the because the child was better. It was for her own because she wanted it. So when it comes to like court and and battling between the two, it's always about what's a better situation for the child, not right. the better situation for the parents for the child. Mm-hmm. You know, so so it was, you know, it was kind of a. Um, you know, crazy time to, to go through that. But the thing that would get me would be like the crazy comments that she would say, like, oh, you're not in, involved. You should just sign all your rights away and let me take him to Georgia with some other dude and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, you know, how does somebody say that when, in my perspective, I'm driving, you know, every weekend, spending money on gas, hotels, still giving her money for, for this. And she still has the nerve to say that I'm not involved. Like, I'm not a, a you know, really in his life, like that's crazy. I was like, all right, I'm gonna share what's 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 involved. You want to go through this? I'm going. I'm not going for just, you know, um, joint custody. I'm going for full custody. I'm going all the way now. So I went and petitioned for full custody, and I had him for a while. Uh, she ended up just um, staying in Orlando and basically just gave him to me for a few. Well, pretty much like. A year where it was 
probably his most crucial time. Like this is before he learned how to pee and poop on the toilet. Like I taught him all that. I was raising him by myself during that whole time while she was in Orlando, doing whatever she was doing. I was here um, raising it by myself. And that gave me a whole new outlook and perspective on single mothers. Like I always respected single mothers and I always knew it was hard, but man, as a single parent with that baby 24 <laughs> seven, oh my God, I had a whole new respect. I acquired a whole new respect for single mothers and single parents in general. And that's what really made me start Single Fathers United because of all that that I went through. And, and I want to make it easier for other fathers to go through that. You know, I was blessed because I had like a job that was convenient. They changed my schedule to to um, cater to, to the daycare because, you know, daycare is only open between a certain amount of hours. And then on top of that is like almost $200 a week for daycare. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, the man. whole mission. And she wasn't helping me at all. She didn't give me a penny when she had given it to me. But then when she had them, she was always just asking me for money and asking me for things. But, you know, it is what it is. It it, it helped me um, with this organization and it's helping me help others. Because right now I take advice from other fathers who, who are going through similar things or want to begin the process, you know, to be involved. Because I didn't hire an attorney. You know, a lot of people hire an attorney, but, you know, attorneys are expensive. You know, uh, I was blessed to, to have the ability to read and comprehend what I read. So I just went to Florida online, the, the Florida laws, and just looked it up and, and read and just did what I had to do, fill, fill out the right paperwork to to bring them down here to get custody. Wow. You know, so, so you were very resourceful. And a lot of guys yeah. don't do that at all, period. But it's a lot. It's a lot to do. And then on top of that, we're not attorneys, so we start doubting ourselves. And then if we allow to let other people, you know, when you talk about custody in court, people, what's the first thing people were saying? Oh, the judge always favors the mother. That's the first thing they say. They don't even know what the situation is. They don't care. They automatically say that. And that's already putting a negative, like, thought in this person, like, tearing down the confidence. You don't know if you're going to win or you don't know if you're doing the right thing. You know, but if you stick to, you know, to what you believe, like, you, and you don't listen to the doubt, like, you you can make it happen. Because I doubted myself doing it. At one point, I didn't know if I was doing the right thing. And the crazy part about it, the day that I filed for that injunction to bring him down, I needed a judge to sign off on that. And it was so crazy because the lady goes, oh, do you have um, – have you established paternity in the, in the court? And I was like, no, you know, I signed the birth certificate, but I haven't established paternity. She's like, it doesn't matter. If you didn't establish paternity, you don't have no rights as a father. You're wasting your time. Don't fill out oh this paper. Gosh. I left the court. I left the courthouse. I left the court and I was walking to my car and in the middle of the street, I'm like, no, man, I read this. I know I'm not tripping. I'm turning around, I'm filling out the paper. I turned around, went back and I filled out the paper. I was like, I don't have established paternity, but I have a pending case, which well, pending case is equivalent to establishing paternity until the case is closed. Is you act as if you are the father, period, because it's pending. So I already have all my rights as a father. So I was able to fill out the form. I filled it out. I went to a. They sent me to another. They told me that my judge wasn't there, and I had to come back next week. You know, when my judge is there, I was like, then I want to see another judge. And then they sent me to another room. I had to go upstairs, and I waited. I literally waited in the courtroom for like ten hours. And then the other lady upstairs was telling me the same thing or United States fraternity. I was like, yeah, 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 just give me the paper. So I signed it. And then 
the court closes, the court closes here like at 3.30. I was still in there at 5 o'clock. And then finally, the lady comes down and goes, you're so lucky the judge favored and ruled it off and said it's okay, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, I'm not lucky. I just knew the law, you know, and I was letting out doubt. And I, I get it. They were trying to give me advice, but they're not attorneys. They're just like regular clerks people giving people wrong advice. You know, if I would have listened, I never would have got the injunction. He never would have been down here. Who knows? Like, I would have doubted myself. Like, it's crazy. Wow. I attended um, an event a couple of weekends ago, and one of the things that the attorney said was that, um, I guess, like, when you've been in domestic violence relationships, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, a lot of women think, okay, if the guy has hit on them or something like that, that they will automatically get custody, but it isn't like, the, it's, it's not like what people think. Like, that guy can still get custody of that child if both of them have been involved in domestic violence relationships. So I've learned a lot by just being in this whole space. And like people think that the mother will automatically gain a favor, um, but it's not always the case. So you are absolutely yeah. right. It's, it's, it's about who's in the better position, who's going to, you know, um, help the child, who's, who's in a better position, period. Like who's in a better mental state as well for the child yeah so you had full custody and now you guys have joint custody yeah so i had full custody for a while for, i would say like probably like a year some change and then she ended up moving um back down here and then we we um went to court and this time we established joint custody where we're split and everything is split 50 50 so um we really don't even split um, bills or anything because we just handle our own bills when we have them. So Monday and Tuesdays is with her, Wednesday and Thursday with me, and then we alternate weekends. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, but um, I believe that's changing soon. She is, um, so I believe she's she's either moving again. I'm not sure, but we spoke about me having full custody in the next uh, upcoming weeks too, so we'll see, because he's homeschooled. I'm homeschooling him now. Oh, so, wow. So how does that work when he goes to her house? Does she homeschool him as well? Or do you have him in like one of those homeschool programs where um, he gets with other kids and teachers and stuff like that? Yeah, I got him, I got him on the homeschool um, program. And it's with, it's just with me, really. Um, I do have other kids and other people that are interested. And um, I am working together to, to develop something for them as well, for other parents that are helping, that, that, you know, to help other parents also homeschool their child. Um, but when, when it's with her, I mean, she, I'll give him like homework. You know, I plan on giving him different types of homework, but she's not required to, to teach him because with homeschool, it's not like regular school where, you know, it's eight hours a day. You, eight hours a day but the teacher's attending 30 different kids they really probably get like 20 minutes a day of attention where I could teach my child three hours you know three days a week and it'll be the same as school eight hours for five days a week because of the attention that he gets you know I'm solely focused on him only yeah my daughter she um when she was four she went to um like this private Christian school and so I think they were only like 12 kids in the class but yeah they had homework and stuff 
but that's really good. I mean, I feel like you have to have a lot of patience to like homeschool your kid and to even oh, yeah. be able to, you okay. know, to just be at home and do that, you know, like that takes a lot. So yeah. kudos to you for that. Yeah, I'm going to put YouTube videos out uh, of me homeschooling him. So other um, parents that want to do it, they can see it too. And they can see how easy it is. You know, it's not that hard at all, you know. And, you know, as, as long as they pass the test in their, you know, with state standards every year, you know, he'll be fine. You know, you actually more likely to finish school a lot earlier um, being homeschooled. Like, I'll, I'll plan on him finishing high school by the time he's 16, you know? Yeah. Because because he's homeschooled, you know, he can pass the high school test early. So you uh, and I get are to teach literally... Him real stuff. So you're committing to homeschooling him his whole entire childhood, basically. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna raise a genius, a baby genius. That's I decided awesome. that he's gonna be a baby genius. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> you know how they, you know, different cultures do it all the time. You know, yeah, you some right. Asian cultures they they they're playing the piano at four years old, like like Mozart. Like these babies are smart, just about what we decide to fill his brain up with. And I just figure like every time I take him to daycare, all the stuff that fill his brain up is useless information. So I'm just going to replace that with important information that he can use in the future at least. Yeah, for sure. So Brawley, I want to get into some of these listeners, que- uh, listeners questions that they um, sent in. <laughs> Cause I know we can go on and on about, you know, this co-parenting stuff and then um, homeschooling. But one of the things that um, this lady asked was, do you think that Black single fathers receive as much pressure from society as um, Black single mothers? If so, why or why not? Hmm, that's a good question. I think I think the pressure is, is the same, really. You know, I feel like when it comes to single Black fathers, there's there's definitely a lot of pressure for that. I mean, just being a single, just being a, a black man in America, you know, it, it's already just pressure on that alone. So being a father and raising a child, having to raise them a certain way or try to teach them certain things while society and the world is trying to teach them something else, you know, there's going to be a lot of different obstacles, a lot of different challenges to overcome. But that's why it's important that we um, show each other that we need each other. Like the fathers need the mothers and the mothers need the father. We need to have that relationship where we're a team, you know, and we need to do this together. Regardless, if we're not together, at the end of the day, it's us in this tribe versus the world. You know, the world's going to try to corrupt us and do all kind of you know, crazy stuff to us. We got to stay together and help each other out, make sure we're good. That's how we raise the best child. And that's how we have, we create a better life for each other, period. You know, no beef, no drama none of that yeah well I think that you know single black mothers have this stereotypical I don't know like we are less likely to succeed we are poor you know like different stigmas that are associated with single black mothers and I don't necessarily think that I agree that that's the case for single black fathers you know I don't think that there's this big thing like, because people don't talk about, because there's not really even, like, a whole bunch of single Black fathers, you know, or if Exactly. Are, the stigma like, is that there is them. They're, they're yeah, it's like, you don't stigma. really see them talking about it. 
Um, so it, it's like you guys are rare, you know? It's like, um, okay, oh, wow, he is really wanting to be a part of his child's life. So I don't know, Raleigh, how do you think we began to change this whole thing? I know, like, you started this movement, but what else can we do, like, as a community to um, get more fathers involved? Do you think it starts with communication, like, between the parents? Like, I think that that is very important, and especially now we're having kids so young, and nobody has ever taught us about communication. Yeah, that's a great question. And yeah, I do believe that that's really it. I think that if we can communicate uh, and really make it as easy as possible for men to be involved, uh, involved then I think that that's how we uh, we do that. But the, the issue is is mostly the mentality. Like, how do we break this mentality for men to, to have different children out there and not really care about it like just have a child out there and not not see it like how do we change that mentality that that's not okay you know that you you have responsibilities you know I feel um I don't know I will go to the extreme and kind of the, the the issue if, if we do that if we go to the extreme and kind of like force a father to be involved then you're looking at potential bad fathers who who will probably be better off not being involved because of the bad influence it might have, you know? So, yeah, I I don't know, because I, I definitely think that, that is a, a case, too, within itself. It's like you have those fathers who really don't need to be involved, you know, because they're not there yet and they're not ready to be fathers. I don't know if that's a thing to say, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like yeah, then I'm mature they have enough. no clue of what a father looks like what he's supposed to be um they don't even know where to start sometimes right so we can we can create courses and different seminars and programs you know for free for fathers uh, who have kids to just to to help them be more involved we just give them like lessons about life telling remind them the importance of a father figure and you know the greatness their child could become you know, in this world, and how they will want to be a part of that, you know, how it's a win-win for everyone. I think if we kind of, you know, teach them that or put that back in their mindset, then maybe we can, you know, motivate more fathers to be involved. Yeah, because I, I think that it's one thing to, you know, like, say we want them to be involved, but then it's another thing to actually, you know, do the work and put out this information, but then actually changing their mindset so that they they see this information is out here and then they're like gravitating towards it. Um, I think it's like something totally different. And even like, I see this with single mothers as well. It's like you, you know, you talk to them, you put the information out there, but then there has to be a mindset shift to where they are willing to be open to receive the information that you are actually putting out there because everybody is not open and even if they say they're open doesn't mean that they're open you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so i like my question is like how do we like get these moms and dads to like open their minds to receive this information that we have and that is where like i am right now trying to figure it out that's what that's what that's what we're doing is doing that what we're doing now podcasts and you know giving out information and 
and starting organizations and stuff, getting conversations. That's how we do it is through education, you know, and I think that I think we make it easier, a lot easier if we change laws where we give fathers uh, rights right away. You know, if we change that law, I think that I'll at least improve, you know, the presence by, by a few. I mean, we don't have to go through loopholes anymore. We don't have to fight bitter baby mothers. We have a court behind us that can allow us to see our child in peace, you know, so I think that that's big. Yeah, so I guess, you know, we are <laughs> doing um, great to be, you know, trying to start this as young, I guess, millennial parents, you know. Yeah, yeah, we really are. We're doing it. So We're already helping a, others. Yeah, <laughs> so I have another question, and it kind of goes back to, like, the relationship. So when your child was born, um, were you guys still together I, I can't remember if you said that you were and then you kind of like you know fell by the wayside or can you walk us through that a little bit because the question is um why do you think some relationships fall apart after the birth of a child so I couldn't remember if you actually said that you know you guys fell apart after the birth or if you were actually still together afterwards but then something happened later yeah that's a good question too and in we were we were still together for a little bit, but we was, um, then we broke up early when he was just a few months, you know, wow. so, and then we was yeah, kind of been, yeah. Yeah, because you were saying y'all trying to make it work, right? Yeah, and then we'll have, like, little sporadic moments where we're, like, maybe see if we can do something, but um, I don't know what, what really causes that. I think, um, I think it's just our choice on what we want. I think, I think it goes back to communication. I'm gonna help you out. I'm I'm gonna say that it goes back to communication because when I think back, when I think back to like me and my experience with being pregnant in college, um, and then you know talking to my child's father, it's like I didn't really know how to communicate a lot of things, so I would kind of like shut down and I wouldn't want to say a lot, and then he would get mad, and then we just start arguing, and then I hated arguing, so. It was just like one thing after the other, but like it all goes back to communication. And then um, one other single father that I talked to, he mentioned about, you know, when you have unprotected sex with someone, you should have a conversation about, okay, what happens if you end up pregnant? Like, what is the plan? Are you going to yeah. abort the child? Um, are you going to, you know, take care of it? Like, what? what's a, you know, this should not be a conversation after you get pregnant to say, like, what after if you, you guys should already right. know, like, what's going to happen? You know what I'm saying? And that's a, that's yeah, something sure. that we never talked about. Like, I know for me, like, nobody ever tell, told me to, like, have a conversation with the person you're having sex with. Like, if you choose to have unprotected sex, then you guys need to have this conversation. Nobody ever said that. And it's something like, you know, we don't really talk about as a community. Yeah, true. I agree with that. We definitely should talk about it. Um, with my son, it was a little bit different because he was planned. Oh, wow. But, okay. um, yeah, but I could definitely understand that, you know, those situations like that for sure. So you guys, so you guys were young though, because how old are you, Brawley, if you don't mind me asking? I just turned 30. Okay, and so your son is four, so you guys were 26. So you were 
planning to get married or what was there like a specific reason as to why you what? planned? Well, first, first you, you were just planned first. I know I did a little bit backwards, but uh, he was planned for a minute. Actually, I had his name figured out for like five years before I brought him to this planet. But so were you guys, was, I'm sorry, were y'all, were y'all together five years or you just knew you wanted a son and you wanted his name to be? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and I was oh just my God. I was just, <laughs> and I was just creeping to see who am I going to choose? <laughs> oh my gosh, Riley. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I, I but... know, you're being honest and I appreciate that. <laughs> But I was, uh, no, no, it, I always wanted to be a young father. So, um, and I really, and I told her everything too before, you know, I always wanted to be a young father because I always wanted to, you know, play with my son and just enjoy him at a young age. Because, you know, my father was a little older when he had me. So I couldn't really like play basketball with him or do anything like that. You know, so he was somebody that, uh, that I created here for several reasons. Plus, when I was younger, I was always weird. Like I always had this weird, like idea in my mind that, like, I couldn't trust nobody and I didn't have no real friends. So I'm just gonna create one and I'm gonna have a little son. And he's gonna be my best friend. Like oh, I just like have somebody that I can trust all the time. Like I was just weird. Like I was just young thinking like that. So that's kind of what happened. Okay, that's very interesting. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, that's, um, that's really different from what <laughs> most people experience. So I guess it's good to always have another side of things. But um, so let's get into another question. So let's talk about dating. And um, <laughs> if you're actually out here dating or you just chilling right now, like what is going on with Brawley and dating in 2018? Well... Oh, and wait, no, one I, other thing. Do you, like, prefer to date other parents, or do you have a preference, or how do you feel no, about that? No, I don't that? really have a preference. Okay. I don't really have a preference. I do like other parents because I feel like they get some stuff. Like, I feel like as a parent, there's just some things that you're going to have and, and understand before not having a child. Like, you just see things differently. I think having a child is life-changing. So for the most part, obviously some doesn't do anything for them, but for the most part, it's life changing. So I, I do like certain characteristics or, you know, mentality from parents, but I really don't have a preference. You know, it's I, I, it's just about the person and who they are and or who they choose to be. Do you find it like challenging at all to date as a single parent? Well, for me, but you can't really t- see I, I gotta talk more like in general because i'm just different i'm super different from the norm so like my story not many people are going to be able to relate to it like but uh, it, kinda, that's like, why it's your story okay <laughs> like yeah well well when for me it could be very difficult because i'm so like strict with certain things or i have a, a very different lifestyle and me, I believe that when it comes to relationship, and I probably should have, you know, thought this out before having him, but, you know, I didn't have this mindset that, you know, that long ago, like five years ago, you know, this is something that, 
I've been learning, evolving, and growing. But um, I just have a certain lifestyle that I believe that in relationships, the foundation has to you have to have the same type of lifestyle in order to create a, a strong foundation. You have to have the same kind of uh, core principles, the same moral barometer, and the same, not necessarily where everything has to be this, the same, like as far as your view on life, but it has to be pretty similar because otherwise you're going to have a divided home. You have one person who doesn't drink soda and you have another person, this is just an example, that does drink soda and you're trying to teach your son, hey, this is poison. You don't do what other people do. This is actually not good for you. And then the other person is just drinking a cup of soda in the kid's face. See, that's an example of some of the extreme stuff that <laughs> I can't really, you know, <laughs> but it's just, it's just, you know, it's just important that you have the same type of lifestyle um, because you want to set the example for the child, you know, and I don't talk about my situation too much because my my um standards are pretty high no I, high. I think that well if you are like a single parent and you've really been through some stuff I think that you probably nine times out of ten you have high expectations like point blank period you know like you've been through a lot okay and <laughs> you've been in the yeah. game for a while it's like no you yeah. gotta come with it like you're not settling for just anybody you know, like you have a kid now. You your priorities have changed. Your standards are higher. It's like a lot of things change. So I totally. Yeah. But um, what I was gonna say was that, you know, I haven't been out much in the <laughs> like dating world. But people always like to ask, you know, questions. And I don't know. I find it difficult because of like scheduling, right? Because I work, and then you know, I live in a place where I don't have family so for me like I have to like invest in this like when I say invest I mean like I have to pay a sitter so that I can spend time with you um yeah and like I don't know that you're worth that like from the back you know what I'm saying like like a lot of guys they don't want to like talk first they just want to go and automatically hang out and I'm like wait I haven't even talked to you I don't even know if you're actually worth my time for me to invest and for you know me to go out there and just be hanging out talking to you and we might not talk again ever you know and then i've paid a sitter 60 dollars just to hang out with you for a few hours you know plus the cost of whatever it is well hopefully you know um who might pay for that since i pay for this but anyways you just you know what i'm saying it's like it's a lot yeah i agree And, and i was just thinking about how I have joint custody now, so it's a lot easier because I know Mondays and Tuesdays are going to be free. But it's true. Now, I remember when I had full custody, oh, it was extremely hard, super hard. You barely see people, period, because you have them and you know. And it's not like like weekends, daycare is open. So it's like, nope. There's well, nothing like there's not a single day where you could <laughs> where you could. Well like well day. like here they have like this drop off. Um well I guess it's sort of like I don't know if you guys have it there, but it's sort of like a twenty four hour daycare, but it's not twenty four hours. But it's called Adventure Play Care. And um they actually have sitters there where you could like drop your kid off. What? I think it's like nine That's or cool. an hour. Yeah. What? No, we don't have nothing like that here, but we should though. Yeah, so um, I just discovered that um, recently I moved over here in this area and they have one like maybe five or ten minutes away. 
So I was like, oh, maybe now I can actually start getting out. But otherwise, like um, I went through like care.com and I think the lowest rate is like $12 per hour. And that's like someone who's less experienced. But if you want like a lady who's been in the game for a while, it's like $20 an hour. You know what I'm saying? So it's like wow. it can get really yeah. expensive really quick. Yeah, that's crazy. So I, I think a lot of, um, well, moms that I've talked to, they try online dating because, you know, it's hard to meet people in their day-to-day life. And I know for me, too, like, I never really met anybody, like, going to work or to the grocery store, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, yeah. Yeah, I can see that for sure. What is the most important thing that you believe in teaching your son about himself? is to think for himself. I think that's the most important thing I can teach him is to think for himself because he has, I feel like society will take a hold of, like, of your mind. They'll take control and, and allow you and those things for you, you know, and um, if he's able to think for himself and pause and, and not just do what everyone else is doing just because, then he'd never lose his power. I like that. That's really good. Yeah. So during your, like, I guess, conversations with other single dads, what has been some of the most common issues that you have seen? It's been always been the mother's giving me a hard time that they want to see their child, but their mother's giving them the mother's giving them a hard time. That's always usually the case. Like 95 percent is why they hit me up. They want to know what rights they have or what can they do with little to no money. Wow. And so what do you think, I guess your advice would be to the mothers who are listening and they may be those type of mothers who um, are kind of using their children as like like something that's possessive, you know, like they can control. So what do you, I guess, recommend to them? Or maybe if they can't even really communicate, like just say the fathers that are coming to you they probably nine times out of ten um can't communicate with the child's mother so i guess what would your advice be to the mothers to give them a chance you know not be so hard on them and let them and it's okay that they don't do it things perfectly or how you want them to do it they're learning as well you know they're learning and you're learning so let them learn on their own you know just give them that that chance and opportunity to do so we make it hard for them and discourage them from, from doing it. And then we're stopping them from learning the lessons and, and doing the best that they can. But I feel like if we give them an opportunity at least to be a father, you know, and not set such high expectations where, because I, I think that the women don't do it intentionally. I think most of the time they don't do it intentionally. They just, they subconsciously really believe to the point where they're almost delusional, where they really believe that this person is incompetent or not able to do it. And maybe they gave that image or impression, but let them learn. Let them learn on their own because that's going to help them mature as well. It's going to help the father mature. The more time they spend with that child, by nature, that father is going to mature. So we're delaying it by, by making it harder for them or by putting unnecessary obstacles in the way for them to just be involved. Okay, and this is mainly for those fathers who 
you know, want to be a part of their children's life, right? So not necessarily those ones who, like, don't seem like they are too concerned. Yeah, those, the ones that don't seem like they're too concerned, those are the ones that I guess I'm still trying to figure out how to reach them to the point where they can see their, the importance of them being involved and getting their motivation to be involved. So that's that's out of their control. If, if you do your job and you you don't make it hard for them, you know, you, the child is there, then you did everything that you can. If he still doesn't want to be involved, he still, then obviously he, that's, you know, he has his own issues that he got to deal with. Do what you have to do. If you got to go to court, put him on child support, whatever, wake him up, then do it. Don't hesitate to, to do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that is all I have, Brawley. Thank you so much for taking out the time to chat with me. Do you have any last comments that you would like to leave? Tell everybody where they can find you so they can connect. Uh, well, I just want to say thank you once again for having me here, allowing me to share my story. Uh, if anybody wants to connect with me, mothers or fathers, yeah, you can connect with me on Single Fathers United, uh, social media, Instagram, Single Fathers United, uh, Facebook, Single Fathers United, and Twitter, SFU uh, United. I'll say sure, SFU, I'm sorry. Okay, awesome. All right, so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and this whole single dad series. I mean, these guys are really out here trying to be present in their children's life. So I really appreciate them taking out the time to chat with me and share with you guys. And also, I am thankful that Brawley was able to share his journey, especially um, him taking out the time to do the research and figure out the necessary steps to be a part of his child's life, okay? Because a lot of guys, um, they're out here and they don't really care as much. And then if they do care, um, they easily give up. Like if they can't communicate with the mom or they have like some issues between the two of them, they don't know how to set those issues aside and look out for the best interest of the child. So again, I'm just really appreciative of the guys that have came on during these series. And I hope that you guys have greatly benefited from them. And if you have not listen to the other episodes please take a moment to catch up maybe you can do you know one a day and catch up on those all right so again thank you guys so much for taking out your time to tune in and listen to these episodes i really appreciate it if you want to connect with me i am on instagram at single black motherhood facebook at single black motherhood you can check out the website at singleblackmotherhood.com. Until next week, thank you guys again. Bye.